0: I just want to read you this little thing before we get going, but um, man, I love Tom and Shelby, Pastor Tom and Shelby. They have been an incredible blessing in my life, and I'm sure they've been a blessing in your life. Um, Ephesians 4, it, it it talks about, it says, now these are the gifts Christ gave the church, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. And one of those gifts that he gave the church was a pastor, and Isn't Pastor Tom and Pastor Shelby a wonderful gift to our church? I mean, they're awesome. And a gift means that which is given from God, enabling or empowering his people. Isn't that what they do? They enable us. They empower us. They help us by their teaching to make us stronger for the battle so that we can overcome and have victory in our own life. I mean, when you're going through a battle, it's good to have your pastor in your corner who's been through some battles, who knows how to fight. Amen? Amen. Um, just a little testimony about myself. I got born again in 95. Um, by seventh grade, I started getting into smoking a little weed. High school, getting into the math. By the time I got out of school, I was selling math, but I wasn't making any money because I was snorting up my bag because I was just trying to keep myself going. Um, was totally into the drug scene, wasting my life away, and God got a hold of my life. I got born again. And the Bible says, whom the Son sets free is free indeed. I was totally addicted to meth, one encounter with God, and I never went back again. And God set me free. And that was awesome. And I'm not aware... I'm not where I want to be yet, but I'm not where I used to be, and I've learned one thing about God, that he's more interested in your direction than he is your perfection, so we just keep walking through this thing. We just keep doing this thing together, and two months after I got born again, I was in my bedroom one night, and I'm praying, God, I need a good woman, because I'm a mess, (laughs) And right after, I, I'm not kidding you, as soon as that came out of my mouth, I was living at home. My dad says, Kevin, there's a girl at the door. And I'm like, girl at the door? <laughs> wow. This must be the Lord right here. <laughs> I went downstairs, and my, my dad and my sister were there, and they looked at me like, and she's got all of her teeth. <laughs> and I walked around the corner, and it was like a beam of light came down from heaven, and I seen her, and I knew it was God because she was standing there with a peanut puster parfait in her hand. I thought, that's, that's my woman right there. <laughs> I'm claiming her, Jesus. <laughs> so ever since then, um, through the good, the bad, the ugly, all the in-between, it's been a wonderful ride. Me and my wife, we've got three beautiful children. Sydney, who is nine, Kelsey, who is six, and little Sierra. You see her running around? Um, Auntie Shelby sometimes Dancing having a good time. So that's kind of our story Anyway, so this morning I want to talk about finding the treasure in your trial Finding the treasure in your trial So turn with me to Romans if you got your Bible turn with me to Romans chapter 5 Romans chapter 5 Man a lot of you brought your Bibles I might be a little ornery this morning. I didn't have my McDonald's biscuit, so I might be poking a little bit. That's all right. Marty's got the keys. He'll hold the door. He'll get me out of here. You there? Romans five, verse three. Before before we get into this, um, a couple weeks ago, I was out in my garage, and that's where I like to pray. Not sure why, kind of smells like gas, maybe I like kind of the fumes, maybe get me feeling good or something. Um, I was out in my garage and I'm praying, you know, doing all kinds of stuff, that and stuff I don't even believe in sometimes. I'm just doing it, I'm fighting, I'm fighting the devil and I'm praying. And as I was getting into it and I just felt like the spirit of God was getting on me and out of my spirit, these words came out of my mouth, I want God's presence more than I want my breakthrough. God, I want your presence more than I want a breakthrough, and I wanted a breakthrough really bad, but there's got to come a a point in our life where we refocus our focus like we're doing right now as a body. We're refocusing our focus, but there's got to come a point in our life where we refocus our focus that we want God's presence more than a breakthrough, we want God's presence more than any other thing in our life, more than a, a girlfriend, more than a car, more than the Seahawks winning today, although it's close, um, <laughs> but we've got to come to that place where we get so hungry for God um, that nothing else really matters, and everything else will begin to fall into place, amen? Amen. So refocus your focus when it comes to problems and trials. There's a treasure in every problem. There's a treasure from God in every trial that you go through. But it's just a matter of of seeing it correctly, refocusing your, your sight inward so that you can find it from God. Romans 5, 3 through 5, it says, We can rejoice, too, when we run into problems and trials. For we know that they help us develop endurance, and endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope. So problems and trials, when we run into them, have you ever just ran into something? Well, like a sliding glass door or something, you just run into it unexpectedly? These things, problems and trials, were meant to help us. It says they help us develop. I'm not sure I want that kind of development. I want my life to be like Disneyland, fun, exciting. I don't want to have to work at things. Um, But it develops. The word develop means to make stronger or more effective, to become larger, fuller, better. Develop means to make stronger, give you big muscles, to make you stronger or more effective. You want to be effective. You don't want to be just good. You want to be effective, effective to become larger, fuller, better. So problems and trials, they help us. And this is how they help us. They develop something in us. They develop this thing called endurance, the ability to last or remain, to continue durable, to continue to exist. Um, Endurance, ability to last or remain, continue when all hell's breaking out in your life you want to have endurance. When your marriage ain't going right, you want to have endurance. When things on your job aren't going right, you've got to have some endurance. You want to have a backbone. You don't want to give up and quit every time things get tough. So God wants to use these things in our life to develop something for our benefit, to make us stronger, to make us better, to make us fuller. Endurance, the ability to last or remain. And problems. Ooh, Here's the definition. Something very difficult to deal with. So, one day, I want to talk about one of my problems. I got a lot of problems sometimes. One day, I was out in the backyard, summertime, and I'm mowing the grass. Got my my head, my iPod going. I'm worshiping. I'm having a good day, cruising along. And I had one of them all of a sudden moments. I'm cruising along and, man, I'm, and it's starting to smell. Like, man, I've known this smell before somewhere. I looked down and I had stepped in dog poop. Now I got a problem because I don't have a dog. And I don't know where this dog poop came from, but it's in my backyard and I don't like it. My backyard's fenced in. So I'm like, man, I cannot believe that I just stepped and dog stuff in my backyard without a dog. So I sit down. I get the you know how you get the stick out and you're cleaning in between the grooves. I didn't bring it with me, but I got something in the bag. <laughs> We're gonna do a demonstration. Who's first? Prayer line. <laughs> so Paul says when you step on the stuff, rejoice. We can' rejoice too, when we run into well i didn 't run into a problem. I stepped into a problem, and it says, "Rejoice. Rejoice means to return to the source of your joy. So I stepped in this same Paul wants me to woo! I don't want to woo, I want to I want to find a dog. <laughs> so i 'm thinking to myself, where did this stuff come from? Because it's everywhere. It looked like Vietnam back there. I mean, there's landmines all over the place. And I go back in. About a week later, I'm sitting there. And out of the corner of my eye, I seen this little brown thing flying around my backyard. And it's the neighbor's dog. And I thought, hmm, neighbor's going to get a bag full of stuff on his front door. (laughs) Woo! (laughs) So I go back there. And I get the shovel out. And I scoop it up, and the Lord begins to speak to me. I think it was the Lord, because I know I wasn't having those thoughts. And I scooped it up, and I, the Lord says, put it in the trash can. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. I'm like, "Huh? <laughs> it's going over the fence, Lord, <laughs> where it belongs. So I scooped it up, and the Lord said, don't you dare do it. I'm like, uh. So I thought about it. That's how I felt. I was arguing with the Lord. That's what I felt. I scooped it up, and I looked at it, and the Lord says, don't you do it. I thought about it. (laughs) Over the fence in the neighbor's yard. (laughs) Love your neighbor as yourself. The next scoop, God says, don't do it. Put it in the trash can. So I I obeyed. But what was the treasure in that trial? Or it wasn't a trial at that point. It was a problem. What was the treasure in that problem? God was, was showing me something. He was showing me, love your neighbor. Love your neighbor as yourself. What would I do if it was my dog in my yard? I would just throw it in my trash can. God was trying to teach me love, love your neighbor as yourself. So there's a treasure in every problem. God wants to speak to us in the middle of our problem. He wants to speak to us something from his word, something that will enable us, something that will make us stronger, something that will make us better, something that will make us fuller on the inside. Give us some, um, some power, um, power. Right around Thanksgiving time, all the girls, they wanted to go sledding. All the snow. Remember when we got like a foot of snow or six inches of snow or whatever it was? So the girls are like, come on, Dad, let's go. Let's go. I'm like, yeah, let's get it going on. you know. So we load up the sleds. The girls, they get all their gear on. And I get my big black. I got this big black coat on. I look like gangster from MTV. I'm kind of walking through the house. you know. I got all my stuff on. And Sierra, the little three-year-old, she's like, yeah help me. So I'm like, okay. So we get her in the bathroom. She goes to the bathroom and we get her out, get the diaper on. She goes, I want my pajamas on. Like, all right. Throw the pajamas on. Mom's not home so we can get away with that. We've got the pajamas on. We get her snowsuit on, her socks, her boots, her gloves, her hat. Man, she's got a lot of stuff. We put it all on there and get her all put together. And the girls are out in the car waiting. She looks at me at them big blue eyes, says, daddy, I'm poopy. said, so, poopy, <laughs> we spent 10 minutes getting you ready. And this is my thought. You're going sledding with chocolate Easter eggs in your shorts. <laughs> I ain't going through that again. And in the middle of that, the girls, they start honking the horn in the garage. Arr, arr, arr. Let's go. And I got this hot coat on. I'm sweating and I'm just getting irritable. I'm going to kill something around here. And I remember there was like this balloon on the floor. I kind of walked through there and kind of did one of these and kicked it, you know. And, uh, and the whole time God's trying to teach me something in the middle of this problem. It's a, the treasure in that trial was God wanted me to show Sierra unconditional love. That no matter what she does or what she goes through, whether she's got the poopy or the non-poopy, that you love her no matter what. That was the treasure In the trial. And I asked the Lord, I said, man, Lord, I got two illustrations and they're both about stuff. That's kind of weird. And I felt like the Lord said, it's the poop in your life. The poop in your life will get you down if you're not developed. (laughs) What about in your life? What about the stuff in your life? When it comes to your job? when it comes to school when it comes to your family all these things that are going on all these the problems the, the issues in life they give us the opportunity to grow you'll either grow up or you'll blow up under problems have you found have you found the treasure in your trial cuz everybody in here at some level whether big or small we're all going through life together we all got problems we've all got some trials we've all got some issues and if you can find something from God in the middle of that situation it will encourage you it will strengthen you it will make you bigger on the inside and when somebody else is going through the same thing that you just overcome you'll be able to go back and you'll be able to help them that's the treasure that's an awesome treasure So the word trial, so in Romans, remember, it's problems and trials that help us. The word trial means the trying of a person or a thing in order to establish worth and actual performance. The trying of a person or a thing, it's the trying, it's the trying of a person It's kind of like you ever grab the toothpaste, you take the lid off, and if you just go, I mean, my girls do it all the time. It's all over the bathroom sometimes. They put that toothpaste under trial, and what's inside of it, it comes out. And in our life, that's why God wants us to be developed, because he doesn't want the coming out of us that's not the good in the trial. I kind of like that. You don't know what's in you until the pressure's on. It's kind of like if you put a rope, if you're going to go um, cliff, you know those guys up on the cliff and they scale down the cliff? I would never do that. But if I were to do it, I would put the rope through a trial. Man, I'd be testing that sucker. <laughs> I'd be making sure there's no, nothing loose, nothing broken. I'd want to make sure that that rope is going to hold my weight. That's putting it under a trial. Have you ever been in a trial? Something that just it doesn't go away. It's there. And you're you, you have to deal with it. And it's forcing something in your life. It's it's trying to come out whether good or bad. That's a trial. A one-time story. I like it because it only happened one time, I'm hoping. And I get a phone call a couple months back, about 1 in the morning. My wife, the car broke down, and she needs me to come pick her up. So we got a problem, small problem at the time. So go pick her up. We take the car down to the garage. They fix it, get off work, cool, got it back right away. I I start going home. I get gas, and I go to start it, and it gives me one of those, and it starts up. I'm like, ooh. Lord, that's not, that don't sound good. And we take off. I pull out of there. I start going down the road. And all of a sudden, people start flashing their lights at me. I'm like, what's their deal, man? Flashing their lights. And all of a sudden, my dash lights go out. I'm like, "Whoa, got a problem. And I start going down 27th. Hope there's no policeman in here because I was going about 50 miles an hour. I'm cruising down 27th, flying down it. And the dash lights go out. And all of a sudden, I can smell some smoke. Like, mm, Lord, that's not good. And then the engine dies, and I'm cruising, no power, nothing, 50 miles an hour, down 27. That's a, that's a problem. That's not good. So, pulled it over. We get the car back to the shop. They fix it. And I get it back after work. They bring it down to me. I get off work. I jump in it. I go to start it. Err, err, nothing. Now we have a trial. <laughs> Cause God, I'm like, I'm, I'm calling him. I'm, I'm fired up. And the Lord's saying, just treat him nice, Kevin. I don't want to treat him nice. I want my car fixed. Treat him nice, Kevin. That's, that's the treasure in the trial, Kevin. Show him God. Treat him nice. I don't want to treat him nice. Look at my car. I want my car fixed. Um. So what's the treasure in the trial? It's, it's to develop. So. The first time I took it down there, I had to take it back. God began to speak to me and say, treat them nice. Just love them. Well, they didn't fix my car right. Treat them nice anyway. Self-control. Love them. Get the car back. It doesn't work. I'm cranky. God's telling me, speak nice to them. Love them. Self-control. I don't want self-control. I want to tell them how I feel, Lord. And this is this is what the Lord I, I believe he was showing me the treasure in that trial was the treasure in the trial is to develop the fruit of the spirit, Galatians five twenty two, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives: love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self control. So you got love on one end, and you got self control on the other end. And they're kind of like bookends. And they kind of squeeze all that fruit together. Because if you don't have self control, you're not going to have peace for very long. How many of you know you'd like to have peace in your house, peace in your home, peace on your job? But if you don't have self control and you can't control yourself, that peace ain't going to hang around for very long. God's kind of peace. It's not going to stick around. If you haven't developed love and you come to church and you worship, And man, you're going. You're You're doing your thing, and you go home, and all of a sudden, joy ain't there. If you don't have love, joy's not going to stick around for very long. Love and self-control—they hold it all together. Otherwise, it'll just all spill out. So you got to have love and self-control working together, and that holds all that stuff together. It's not based. On my circumstances, God doesn't want me to change when things don't go my way. You know, God doesn't want us to change when um, our emotions are up or our emotions are down, when our circumstances are bad or when our circumstances are good. Um, God doesn't want circumstances controlling our life. God wants his word to be the final authority in our life. Because sometimes you can have all hell breaking out in your life, and if you've got enough God's word on the inside of you, even though you're going through the trial, God's word can come out of you and make a difference. Amen? Amen. So let's take a look at putting somebody through a trial. I want to kind of give you a visual of what this kind of looks like. So, Evan, why don't you come on up here, brother? So, Evan, he kind of represents us. He gets all of us. He gets born again, and the first thing that we should give him is some gloves, because Paul said, fight the good fight of faith, right? So you better get your gloves on. This is going to be a fight. So he gets his gloves on. He's cruising. He's feeling good. You know, he's shondying. He's He's working for the Lord. And then the next thing, he starts getting into his word. So he's got the belt of truth here. You know, there's a lot of deception going on. You know, the Bible says that, that if you're not walking according to the truth, you're deceived. So we need to have the word of truth. So we get to... How's that feel? Oh. All right, he's got it on. Looking good. Can you help me with that? We're having a little problem. Woo! So now he gets born again. Instead of going to the bar to deal with his issues, God gives him this bar. Amen? So let's put him under some trial. You guys want to see him sweat a little bit? (laughs) Well, let's give him the big ones. He, he, He thinks he can handle it this morning, so we're going to start out big. <laughs> so now we got him underneath a little bit of stress Yep Now this this right here could just represent home life Just everyday home life We go through problems, we go through trials We go through different things in our home life And they can create stress Give me a couple Alright, looking good so far That's good That's all we need from you sure let's say this represents his job so he got a just the problem there at home you got a job you got some issues on the job you ever have any problems on your job dealing with people dealing with circumstances things going on just just the weight of that sometimes adds some more weight to your life doing good. Give me a couple reps. i want to make you sweat. I'm going to get even for wearing your dad's shirt. <laughs> Don't smile. You're supposed to be under stress here. All right, put it down. Where? Let's say that little weight right there just represents his walk with God, just dealing with life's issues. Like, man, God, I, I just wish I could overcome this thing. I wish I didn't have this struggle in my life, God. Wh- when are you ever going to deliver me from this thing? Have you ever struggled with something like that? And you just struggle and you struggle and it's like it's a trial. And you're like, man, God, I just want to get free from this thing. I don't want to have to keep dealing with it. Come on, I'm put you under some stress. So. As you're going, you got all this stuff in your life that you're trying to overcome and deal with, but then you don't get to just stand around and lay in bed. Look at the sweat beads. Oh, I wish your dad was here right now. He'd probably put another 25 on there. So now you got to walk through life. So you got to do life with this stuff. And God, the whole time, the Bible says he's our comforter, he's our helper, But we want to do it ourselves. Give me a couple reps. No? All right. So we're going through life. And now we've got a past, too. Boy, you got kind of an ugly past. (laughs) Maybe it should be your future. You're kind of good looking. So you got a past too. So you not only got stay right there, big boy. You not only got all this trials and, and problems and stuff that you're dealing with, but you also got your past. And your past sometimes not your best friend, because it wants to speak lies to you. It wants to poke you in the head and make you sweat. Your past can be your worst enemy. And a lot of times, we don't live with our past behind us. We live right here with our past in front of us. <laughs> no kissing now. <laughs> no kissing now but but if you if you notice hey, Jesus in all this? <laughs> you haven't asked for help yet <laughs> you, you 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 just keep on it if you notice something, the past right here a lot of times we walk through life with our past in the wrong angle in front of us. See God never created you with eyes back here to look into your past, He created you. He wants your past to be where it's supposed to be. And he created you with eyes that look forward to something like Jeremiah 29 11. For I know the thoughts and plans I have declares the Lord plans to prosper you and not to harm you plans to give you a future and a hope. That's what God wants to to form in your in your mind. He wants to form that picture. So no matter what kind of hell you're going through, you keep you're drawn to that thing. You're drawn to that thing. You're not looking at your past. You're not looking at your problems. You're not looking at your trials. You are fixed. Your mind's fixed straight ahead. And whatever you're fixed to, it's kind of like going down. You sweating yet? Good. It's kind of like going down the freeway. Have you ever gone down the freeway, and it's pouring down rain, and you pass a semi, and you're going like this, and you look over, and all of a sudden you catch yourself kind of heading towards the semi? Whatever you focus on is what you're going to be drawn to. So God doesn't want us focused back here on our past. He wants us focused right there on our future because God has a wonderful future for you. Sometimes we just got to let that stuff go and let go of the past. So keep doing it. Let's see what you got. I want you to get worn out. See, a lot of times we we got this self thing going on. I I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. And God's just sitting here saying, okay, now you got some help. So you can put it down if you can't. Wouldn't it just be better to ask for help the first time? Because God, can I get a witness? (laughs) But that's how we go through life. We're walking through life with all this stuff. And we're sweating it out. And God, the whole time, he's right there waiting to comfort us and to help us in our time of need. So don't be afraid to ask. God is not ashamed of your past. The cool thing about your past is it makes you into who you are going to become. God is so good that no matter what you went through back here, he keeps working it and he keeps working it and he keeps working it and working it and working it and working it. it until he brings it all around and he begins to work it for your good. And the good is that you're able to help somebody else that's going through the same struggle, the same trial that, that you went through. You can reach out a hand and help them. That's what God wants us to do as a body, as a person. Amen? Amen. So let's talk a little bit about Paul's trials. Paul went through some stuff. Second Corinthians um, eleven verse twenty-four. Second Corinthians eleven twenty-four. If the apostle Paul, if somehow, I want you guys just to kind of imagine with me a little bit, if somehow we could get the apostle Paul to do like the Star Trek thing and kind of beam him up right here, right now, wouldn't that be cool? If we could just sit down with the Apostle Paul and interview him about all the things that he went through, all the trials he went through, all the problems he went through. I bet he could teach us a few things. But listen to some of the trials, some of the things that he went through. First it says, five different times, this is his testimony. Five different times the Jewish leaders gave me 39 lashes Three times I was beaten with rods. So what would be the treasure in that trial? Five different times he was beat. Three times he was beaten with rods. I don't, I don't know if there's much treasure to get out of that trial. <laughs> I sure wouldn't want it. I'd learn it the very first whooping. So if the Apostle Paul was here right now, I'd say, Paul, what, what treasure did you learn out of that trial, and I believe that he would say something like this: I was able to experience what Jesus went through for me. I could understand how much he loves me. I believe that the Apostle Paul, because he was whipped and because he was beaten, he got a revelation of God's love at a whole nother level that he could have never had had he gone through what he went through. that experience broke something in him on the inside, I believe. He was able to experience God like he could never experience him before. And I believe Paul would say, out of that experience, I wrote 1 Corinthians 13, verse 7. Let's check it out. It says, love never gives up. Love, it never gives up. All the stuff that he went through, the beating, the whipping, the... The mocking, love never gives up. If you got love operating in your life, in any area, you will never give up. No matter how hard it gets, no matter how bad the situation looks like, you will not give up. Love never gives up. It never loses faith. I believe that he was tempted probably to lose some faith when he was going through what he went through. The word faith means to believe. Love never loses faith never loses faith he, he kept believing he kept trusting God he kept believing that what God spoke to him that he was gonna preach the gospel to the Gentiles that that it wasn't in vain that love never loses faith it's always hopeful how could you be hopeful in something like that going through something like that but he was hopeful and endures through every circumstance Paul was doing some enduring through every circumstance in the treasure. Um, what a treasure he gained. He gained through that, I believe, an, a, a deeper understanding of the love of God. Once. Next verse. says three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Now, I could relate more with that one. i us say, Paul says once you were stoned you only got stoned one time that's it (laughs) after you went through that man i'd be looking for my medical marijuana card or something i'd be wanting to get really high after all those whoopings Well, once i was stoned so paul and this is what i like to ask him paul what was it like that day what happened that day that you got stoned really wasn't this kind it was with big rocks what happened that day that you got stoned? And he'd say, have you ever read Acts 14? i said, say, well, yeah, but probably not the way you've you seen it. He said, I'm going to be like, what happened, Paul? What was it like that day? And he said, man, me and Barnabas, we were preaching at the Jewish synagogue at the church that day. And I think Paul, he, he called him Barney. And so me and Barney, we were preaching And, man, I had my game on that day. I mean, I was preaching the power of God, and I had a message on the grace of God. And I was preaching, and people were getting saved, and it was awesome. Man, I was on cloud nine. God was using us like he had never used us before. And me and Barney, man, we were just slapping high fives. Man, God's so awesome. He rocks. And then all of a sudden, the juice came around. Problems. The Jews came around, and they started stirring up the people. Everything was going great. They started stirring up the people. Next thing, they got word that they were going to stone them and beat them, so they packed their bags, and they got out of town. Then they showed up. They start preaching again, and and I'd be like, Paul, what was it like again? He says, well, I was preaching this message, and, man, the power of God was in that place, and I looked over a couple of times, and there was a crippled guy there. He hadn't walked since birth. And I was preaching, and I seen this little tear going down the corner of his eye, like that. And uh, I kept looking at him, and I was preaching. I kept looking at him, and I could tell by the way he was looking at me that he had faith to get healed. And I looked at him one more time, and I said, hey, boy, get up. And he jumped up, and he walked in front of everybody for the very first time. And the place just exploded. It was awesome. I mean, it was an extreme high like I had never seen before. It was awesome, man. It was great. God was using us in a powerful way. And then the Jews came back in the town. They started stirring stuff up. Next thing I know, they started picking up rocks, kind of like this one. They started picking up rocks, and they started chucking them at me. And, man, they hit me in the head. And my teeth, my little chicklets, they went flying out. Just like that. I looked kind of like Brett Favre last year in the, in the game against the, the Saints. I mean I was getting a whooping bad and they were beating me and beating me. And next thing I know, some scholars say I was dead. They drug me out of town. And all of a sudden I wake up and my disciples, they just stand, they ain't even praying for me. They just stand there looking at me like, Man, you'd messed up. Blood coming down, eye all black. And I'd be like, Man, Paul. So Paul, that was a crazy day. What? was the treasure in that trial. And the Bible says that Paul, he got back up and he went back into town. And I believe the treasure in that trial was that day God taught him to get back up. There's some things that go on in our life that no matter, I mean, it may be unfair, it may be wrong, it may hurt, it may cause rejection, it may cause pain, but you've got to learn to just get back up. God's got something great for your life. It would be a waste for you to spend your whole life down, sucked out, depressed, when God's got something great in store for your life. Don't sit back this year and be pushed back and be put down. Rise up. Get back up. It doesn't matter what you've gone through. It just matters where you're going. So keep your eyes off your past and keep them focused on the future. God's got something great in store for you, so get back up. That's what I believe the Apostle Paul would say. Get up. Three times, three times, let's go on down here a little bit. It says, three times I was shipwrecked. Paul, what's the treasure in that trial? I believe that he'd say, I learned how to trust God. I'm out in the ocean, the ship's busting apart, I've got a word from God, and I had to trust that word no matter what it looked like. It was dark, it was scary, I couldn't understand what was going on or why I was going through it. But all I had to hang on to was the word. That's all I had was that word I got from God. And, And because he hung on to that word, no matter what the situation looked like, God got him through it. And that's what I believe that Paul learned in that situation. I learned to trust God. It says, once I spent all night and day adrift at sea. Paul, this would be crazy. Could you imagine spending all night and all day adrift at sea with no iPad, no iPhone, no Back in the day, we call him walkmen, you know. <laughs> None of that stuff. He's just, I don't know if he was with other people or by himself, but it says that he spent all night and all day adrift at sea. Paul, if we could ask you, what is the treasure in that trial? And I believe Paul would say, when I was down, I began to experience all the emotions of life. Some moments I was extremely high. I I would float up, and I would be way up here, and I was high, and I thought that I could see land. And then I would be down here, and I couldn't see five feet in front of me. It was dark. It was scary. I didn't know what I was going to do. Then back up, I felt hopeful. You ever have those moments in life where you're feeling really good, and then you feel really bad, but you realize you haven't even got out of bed yet? (laughs) One of them days, he he was having one of them days, I think, up, down, feeling hopeful, feeling hopeless, feeling encouraged, feeling discouraged. And, And I would say, Paul, through all those emotions, through all that trying, through all the problems, through all the things that you experienced in that time, what is the treasure through a trial like that and I believe Paul would say something like this have you read first Thessalonians 5 16 through 18 say yeah but probably not the way you, you when you wrote it you you probably had a lot more behind it than I've ever got out of it and it says always be joyful never stop praying be thankful in all circumstances for this is god's will for you who belong to christ jesus Now this is the way that I always used to read this verse. It says always be joyful never stop praying Be thankful in all circumstances for this is god's will for you I always thought that the circumstances the problems the trials that's just god's will for me. So, you know hey Woo, you know, it's a hard day. You, you know, i'm just gonna have to go through it. Um, but that's not what it's saying. It's saying, always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances. That's God's will. That you be joyful. That you never stop praying. That you be thankful, no matter what it looks like. Be joyful. If, if we were going to make an equation here, it would be joyful plus prayerful plus thankful equals devil booty kicked. That's how devil booty kick. That's how you whip the enemy. You don't back down. You don't quit. Even when it's not looking good, even when it doesn't feel great, you just get your joy on anyway. You just, I'm going to praise God no matter what I'm going to get my joy on. And it says, never stop praying. I used to think, okay, I'm going to wake up. I'm going to go to bed through the night. How can I never stop praying? It's impossible. Has anybody conquered that one? But that's not what he's talking about. Never stop praying means that no matter what you're going through in life, no matter how bad or how dark it looks, never quit in your prayer. You just keep praying and you keep praying and you keep praying and you keep fighting it and you keep fighting it and you keep fighting it. And sooner or later, you're going to break through it. See, with God, a lot of times there is no there's no drive through breakthroughs. I wish there was, it would be a lot easier if there was, but a lot of times you've got to go through. There's some things that you just got to go through to break through. But once you break through, you're able to take people with you, your breakthrough. When you finally get your breakthrough, all the people that you come in contact with, now you're able to pull them through too, because you know the way. You've experienced it. You know how to be joyful. You know how to be prayerful. You know how to in all circumstances. I'm just gonna praise God. I'm not gonna base my life out of how I feel. I'm gonna base it in what I know. And that's powerful. That's how you kick that's how you kick some devil booty. Amen. Verse twenty seven. In closing. Let's hey Alex, can you Come on up. I, I want to do a verse 27 here. It says, I have shivered in the cold without enough clothing to keep me warm. This is his testimony towards the end here. I have shivered in the cold without enough clothing to keep me warm. Paul, now how could you get anything out of that? Man, how, how could you even have a testimony? I would have a, a money. I would have a moanie, you know, you go through something like that. I'm shivering. I'm cold. I'd just be moaning about it. It'd be the moanie, not the testimony. But it says. You can just just wait a little bit. okay." Um, I have shivered in the cold without enough clothing to keep me warm. And this is this right here is what I believe that Paul. This is the treasure that he got out of that trial. It says in first Corinthians one three through five praise all praise to God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ God is our merciful Father and the source of all comfort he comforts us in all of our troubles so that we can comfort others when they are troubled we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given to us so I I really believe that all the things that Paul went through all the things that he endured whether he was shaking cold or getting whipped or having a good day. um, God taught him through those things, and they had one purpose. It says he comforts us in all of our troubles so that we can comfort others. The stuff that we go through, if we're seeing it right, if we refocus our focus, it's not all about us. It's about others. It's about helping somebody else. That's the treasure in your trial, so if you've gone through, let's say you've gone through a drug addiction and the enemy wanted to use that addiction to destroy your life. Now, once you got deliverance, you got free from that thing. You've experienced God as a, a deliverer. And now that, you, now that you've experienced him as a deliverer, you can go back and help people that are in bondage. Amen. What about in your body? What if you have, um, why don't you play something, bud? I'm going to turn down the lights. I just want to talk just for a minute before we go. What if this is really true? What if, you know, what the Apostle Paul wrote down, what if this, what God's word says really is true, that he comforts us in all of our troubles so that we can comfort others? What if right now in your body, you're under extreme attack? Whether it's cancer, whether it's this, whether it's that. The treasure in that trial is once you overcome it and you come through it, now you've experienced God as your healer. And nobody can take that away from you. Because you say, God healed me. And they say, well, God doesn't heal today. Well, he healed me. He healed me what about in your finances what if all what if just through life you made a lot of bad decisions a lot of bad choices and financially it's just not working out very well well the cool thing is is you can begin to walk in wisdom and you can begin to make right choices start making good decisions and over time you can get yourself back out of debt and and it's not something it's not wave your wand it's something you got to do with God, working through you, giving you instruction. And at that moment, you can experience God as your provider. God provided me with wisdom, how to run my finances right. What about with something more personal? What about with loneliness? Have you ever experienced just being lonely? And you just feel like, man, I'm all alone and nobody understands what I'm going through. Man, this thing... And you you try to pray through it, and you just can't pray through it, and it's like you're just fighting this depression thing, and you just don't feel like even talking to people. Have you ever been there in that place where you're just like, gosh, come on, Lord, and you just feel all alone? But when you come out of that thing, the treasure in a trial like that is, you'll, you'll understand in a greater way, God will never leave me nor forsake me. God's with me, even in the good days and even in the bad days. He's my helper. What about in your marriage? Huh. Have you ever had just some struggle in your marriage? Are y'all perfect? Anybody had some struggles? Anybody ever had any trials where you thought, man, it's just its not looking good? But what if in the middle of that struggle, in the middle of that trial, in the middle of that hell that you're going through, that somehow, some way, God begins to work in that situation, and the thing that the devil meant to take you out, instead of it taking you out, it's bringing you closer together, because now you're not all got this stuff hiding from each other. You're not. You're being truthful. You're you're walking in love, and God's using this thing that what the devil wanted to use for evil. Now God's using it for good. What if God really could do something awesome like that? Now you have something to give. You can bring comfort to someone who's been through it because you've been through it. You got something to give. And there's a lot of you in here today, man, you've got some things to give away. Man, you guys have overcome some things. Some of you right now, you've already overcome and you got the victory. And some of you right now, you're in that process of struggle and you're struggling. But don't give up in your struggle, never quit because God's got a great future for you and it's not just about you. You need your victory for you, but you also need your victory for somebody else. It's not all about us. The cool thing that I really like is that God will. He'll take all your failures. He'll take even all your successes. He'll take all your addictions, all your rejection, all your pain, all your mistreatment maybe you didn't grow up in a great home and you just and you've never been able to get away from that feeling of just was never loved just never loved and it's always bothered me maybe God could could take all that stuff that we went through in life and he could begin to work it in such a way that it begins to build you a platform that now you can use what you went through to speak into somebody else's life that's going through the hell that you went through and you can begin to pull them out towards God I believe that's God's plan I believe that's that's the treasure in our trial we just need to begin to refocus our focus I believe that all, all the suffering that Jesus went through when Jesus was in the garden and he was sweating Like they said like blood things you know coming down I believe that one of the issues that he was dealing with in the garden was just suicidal thoughts now that sounds crazy well God he's he's Jesus he could have suicidal thoughts he had to experience everything that we experienced in order to be the great high priest that he is he had to be able to relate with us on every single level that humanity went through because if he didn't experience loneliness, how could he relate to you? If he didn't experience being um, rejected and ridiculed and talked about and beat on and despised and rejected by man, if he didn't go through all those things, there's no way that he, he could be a merciful God. He, could, he couldn't understand mercy unless he been in where we're at. He knows exactly where you're at. He knows right where you are today. And the cool thing is when he went through all that stuff, on his mind, I believe, you were there. You are the treasure. You're the treasure in his trial. He went through hell for you because you are the treasure. You're very, very valuable to God. In the book of Deuteronomy, it says that we are his most treasured, possession isn't that awesome God loves you very very much and today with every head bowed every eye closed I want to close twice but the first time if there's someone today you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life you thought about it you've come to church maybe you've kind of did a little thing in Sunday school but you've never really had a personal relationship with God And today it could be your day. So right now where you're at, if you want to make Jesus the Lord of your life, or if you're in a backslidden condition where you've just kind of fallen away from God and things aren't going good, all you got to do is just raise your hand and we're going to pray for you. You don't have to get up. We just want to pray for you right where you are. Anybody here today, say, I need Jesus in my life. I, I need to get my life right with God. Amen. Anybody else? Say, I need Jesus. Some of you are thinking in your mind right now, man, that's kind of embarrassing. You know what? Going through the cross, getting nailed to a tree, hanging there naked, that's embarrassing. Raising your hand in a service, that's easy stuff. So if you want to make Jesus Lord of your life, just raise up your hand. Anybody else? The second... Is right now I know that there's some people right here That are just going through some stuff Some of you have already overcame some stuff But some of you are in the middle of a storm You're in the middle of a trial And the cool thing is that when we begin to pray for you God will release grace And grace is an enabling power That comes upon you to enable you To to walk through the toughest The darkest situation in your life And you need the grace of God on your life You need that help Don't try to be like like our brother, sweating it out your whole life. Just trying to do it your own way. Trying to do it. I can do this. I can do this. I can overcome this issue. I can do it. I can do it. Don't go through that motion. Today could be your day where you go, man, I'm just going to experience the grace of God. I'm going to ask God. He's going to come upon you. Your situation may not change, but you will have peace in the middle of it. And you'll be able to overcome it. So we're just going to open up the altars right now. If that's you and you want us to pray for you, the prayer team, just begin to come forward and we're going to lay hands on you and we're going to believe that today the grace of God is going to be released on you like never before. You're going to experience the peace of God like never before and you're going to walk out of here with victory in your heart. Amen? So if that's you and you want us to pray for you, come come on forward. The altars are open.